0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neil. I hope you're all doing well. I am currently living it up in the Greek islands. Well, not as we actually speak, I'm sitting on my bedroom floor, but when you're listening to this, I'll be living it up in the Greek islands. I thought I'd pre-record a little episode so you guys don't have to go too long without hearing my voice. So unfortunately, I don't have a little life update for you guys because... I'm recording this right after last week's episode. But I do actually have another recommendation of the week, which I'm going to share with you because I'm so biz about it. So biz? I'm all biz about it? Yeah, that makes more sense. If there's one thing about me and all of my family members, it's that we actually can never get any of those phrases right, ever. My mum's actually the worst for it. She just completely makes them up. Like, she actually makes them up with a thin air. And she also makes up song lyrics. Like, she doesn't have... She doesn't know any song lyrics to anything. She just makes them all up. And none of them even form coherent sentences. You gotta fake it till you make it. <laughs> uh, okay, so my recommendation for this week. I went to Curry's the other day. I was actually planning and going. I needed to get a new tripod because mine broke. And I also wanted to get one of those... You know those little mini travel speakers? Like, literally just the wee pocket-sized cubed ones? Because I used to have one and it actually lasted me so long. I think... It lasted me a solid four or five years, and that included traveling with it and like going to Australia with it and everything. And I'd bring it to the beach all the time. Like that speaker, it's been through a lot with me. And then it caved in last year. So, this whole last year, I've literally just been playing music off and podcasts and stuff off of my phone or my laptop, which is fine. And we have a good speaker downstairs in our kitchen. So, you know, I could connect to that if I was cooking and all that jazz but I never had anything in my bedroom or for my bathroom or anything I was gonna get one when I was in Leeds but then I was like oh I don't know if that's a particularly good idea now that I'm in a flat like maybe it is better that I just play out on my phone and laptop instead of annoying people with a loudspeaker so I never ended up getting one and then I thought I'd go to Curry's and get one of those travel ones because I thought it'd be nice to have for like you know when you're getting ready and your accommodation and stuff when you're on holiday before you're going out and I ended up not getting that because they didn't really have the only portable ones they had were like the bigger JBL ones which I mean they're good and the sound quality in them is really good but that's just too bulky like I want one that I can throw in a small bag you know what I mean I don't want one that's gonna like take up proper weight in my luggage they didn't have those wee cubes but then I did see that they had the Alexas so they had the wee Amazon Echo Dot things and Which I'm sorry, they're half the price of those JBLs. The only downside to them is that they have to be plugged in. But if you're gonna just get a speaker that's gonna stay in your room anyway, do you really care that it has to be plugged in? I was talking to a guy and I was like, "What's the difference in these things? Is one better? Why why is the JBL 130 pound and this Alexa thing is 40 quid?" He was like, it's literally just because the JBL is portable, like the sound quality and the X's are actually really, really good on the Echo Dots. And you know what? Actually, when I was on Amazon there recently, I saw that you can buy two for 60. But anyway, I ended up getting the 60 pound one because it has a little clock on the front of it. And it's the prettiest thing ever. It sits above my bed. It tells me the time. And when you put a song on, it comes up with the name of the artist and the song like scrolling across the wee digital front. It's really cool. The thing that convinced me as well is because he was like, another good thing about the Alexa is that it's not Bluetooth connected. Like it's by AirPlay through Wi-Fi. So you can do other things on your phone while things are playing out of it. And I was like, you have just sold me because how annoying is it? Well, you might not relate to this, but anytime I'm filming, like get ready with me's or just like doing anything with my phone and then your music keeps stopping every time you video or every time you like go on TikTok or open Instagram and then your music stops or your podcast stops and it's infuriating. And now I don't need, that is literally the definition of a first world problem. (laughs) Anyway, I'm absolutely hooked. I don't know why I lived a life without an Alexa in my bedroom before. It's amazing. You can tell her to set timers for you. You can tell her to set alarms for you. It means I don't need to have my phone by my bed now, which I really want to get in the habit of, like leaving it on my desk and now I can use that as my alarm clock. And you know what it really takes to the next level? Do you remember two weeks ago I was talking about my morning ritual of playing Gallia Party Animal, blasting it full volume 10 times over and you'll have the best day ever? takes that to a whole other level playing it through a speaker i just think life is better with vibey music on all the time i need to branch out though if anyone has any good playlists please send them my way i'm really struggling on the music front to like either remember old stuff or get new stuff i feel like i get really stuck in just like one or two playlists and i just listen to them on repeat and i really need to branch out of that but then i'm also one of those people that likes to know the words to songs so it annoys me when I listen to new music because I can't sing along (laughs) and I can't even sing I'm not a good singer I just love singing along to everything oh like there is no better feeling than driving with the volume full blast like actually belting out that is probably one of my highest rated experiences in life Anyway, you should all get yourselves a little Echo Dot. As I said, don't know what I was doing in my life without it before. (laughs) It's really nice having, I don't know about anyone else, I haven't had a clock in my room in a long time. It's really nice to have a clock in your room and not have to pick up your phone every time you want to see the time. You know when you're like rushing around your room trying to get ready in time for something and your phone's maybe sitting somewhere else? It's nice to always just be able to turn your head and see what time it is on the clock. But yeah, that's again, first world problem. The Echo Dot's here to save it. Why does it sound like I'm literally sponsored by them? (laughs) This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Guys, I'm not gonna lie to you. I feel like recently my emotions have just been all over the place, like completely haywire. And I know in myself it's because I'm bottling things up, I'm letting things stress me out and I'm spiraling about them. I'm not talking about it. I'm just sitting there overthinking them, letting them stress me out even more. And as a result, I'm irritable. I'm getting angry at things I shouldn't really be getting angry at. I'm not able to be present and be in the moment because all I'm thinking is how stressed out I am about certain things. I know I'm not alone in this. I know this is something that so many of us face. We feel like we don't want to talk to our friends and family members about things that are stressing us out because they might seem small or insignificant in comparison to other things or we might just not even know how to go about initiating that conversation or opening up in that way to certain people and just getting the words out and that's why therapy can be such an amazing safe space to get things off of your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down and causing you to feel like this. I have benefited from therapy so much in the past and one of the main things I think therapy brought to my life was just an immediate safe space where I knew it was time for me to talk, it was time for me to open up and talk about my stressors. I didn't have to have this like Awkward kind of chat where I was like, Hey, I want to talk about this or like not really knowing how to go about that with a friend or a family member. It just is that safe space for you to open up about these things straight away. And there's no faffing around. And I think dedicating that time each week and allowing that space for you to open up in that way is literally the most beneficial thing for your mental health because just getting it out there takes away half of the stress straight away and then not only that but you talk it through you rationalize it you learn you know different better ways you can cope with these stressors also how to develop healthy boundaries and healthy routines and things that are going to be preventative for these stressors in the first place therapy honestly just empowers you to be the best version of yourself and I mean who doesn't want that If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and completely suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. My listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash crack. That's betterhelp.com slash crack, C-R-A-I-C. And thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Okay, for this week's podcast topic, I wanted to talk a little bit about how to better your relationship with food and develop like a healthy relationship with food. Now, I am absolutely by no means qualified to talk about this. I am not a professional I have no experience in dealing with anyone that has eating disorders so if you are really struggling with an eating disorder please get professional help for it if you're too scared to go straight to like a professional or a doctor or a psychiatrist or whoever if you're too worried about going straight to them maybe reach out to your friend a family member someone that you trust and confide in them and hopefully they'll be able to get you the help that you need Eating disorders are extremely serious. I feel like they're often not taken as serious as they should be. They are like in terms of mental health disorders. It's the highest killer of all of them. Anorexia to be specific. I'm not going to be speaking too much more about eating disorders. Everything I'm going to talk about from now on is going to be focused on developing healthy habits and a healthy relationship with food. So you don't need to worry about, you know, me diving too deep into talking about eating disorders and anything being triggering like that. Hopefully everything I will say from now on will be helpful to some capacity. But yeah, if you're really struggling with an eating disorder right now, please don't suffer in silence. Reach out to someone and you'll be able to get some help. I just thought this is maybe an important podcast to do because the, I don't know the exact statistic, actually, maybe I should have looked this up, but like the percentage of females that experience some type of disordered eating at some stage in their life is ridiculously high. I think I remember seeing like 80% or something like that. And now that's not to say that 80% of women, you know, experience really extreme eating disorders to the point of, you know, having to spend years in hospitals or anything like that. But it does mean that Unfortunately, the majority of women do experience a unhealthy relationship with food at some point in their lives. And there are so many factors that contribute to this. And, you know, the messages that we're fed from the media, from parents, from celebrities in school, diet culture. Like there are so many things that influence this. And I also... Like I know eating disorder rates are increasing amongst men, but I think they're particularly high amongst women because diet culture is so predominant within female spaces. And society as a whole basically teaches you as a woman that there is a lot of value in being slim. And as a result of that, we're basically very vulnerable to diet culture. I've definitely had my fair share of experiencing a weird slash unhealthy, extremely unhealthy relationship with food in my life. I'm not going to get into that but I literally could not have a healthier relationship with food now and it's something I'm actually very proud of. I think because I didn't before it's something that like really means a lot to me I guess. Yeah I'm very proud of it and I'm very, what's the word, wary that I never want that to change and any time I feel any slight negative thought pattern come in or a conversation that feels triggering to me or, you know, something that I feel is just slightly throwing me off or a friend maybe talking about a specific thing, I am very quick to jump on that and like correct it basically in my own head because I would hate to fall back into that. So I just thought I would share some of my tips and the ways I go about making sure I maintain a healthy relationship with food and Always making sure you're not falling into those like negative thought patterns when it comes to food. Because I know it sounds weird, but it's actually something that people do compliment me on. And that sounds like something that's very strange to compliment someone on, like their relationship with food. But I have actually really noticed that even on like social media and things, I think from sharing my recipes and my what I eat in a day's. And just the way I guess I talk about it maybe on my podcast and stuff as well. I remember my sister actually speaking on her podcast all about how she is so inspired by my relationship with food. I remember I was listening to it literally crying. But yeah, I just kind of figured seeing as it is something that people do recognise in me, maybe it's time I share my tips. Okay, so tip number one. Now, I know you've probably heard this a million times. This is no big revelation, but you need to forget about calories. I get that there are times in your life where maybe it is good to be able to track your calories to some degree or, you know, when sometimes you think a meal is really healthy but there's actually a lot of hidden calories in it. So maybe there's times like that where it is beneficial to know because otherwise how would you be able to change that however this whole obsessive calorie counting like tracking exactly what's going in and exactly how much you're burning and knowing when you pick up an apple or anything how many calories is in it it's insane it's so all-consuming there is so much more to food than calories yes food gives you calories because it needs to give you energy but what about all the nutrition that's in it do you know what I mean like calories is the last of your worries think about getting your meals in think about getting your snacks in don't worry about cutting calories and constantly opting for lower calorie options and freaking out when something is above a certain amount of calories like who gives a fuck <laughs> there was a time in my life where i had the fucking what do you call it that i don't know whatever the name of that app was literally used to track absolutely everything that went into my mouth how boring of life is that to live if you're wanting to like be conscious about the foods you're putting into your body. Just make healthier choices. You don't need to run around adding up the calories of absolutely everything you consume. Tip number two leads on from this. It's kind of the same thing, but it's forgetting about calories on, you know, like when you're on gym machines, uh, cross trainers, treadmills, the rower, and it comes up with calories. Forget about them on that. Forget about them. If you have an Apple Watch or a Fitbit, I couldn't do that to myself, but that's something I would find triggering, to be honest, is to know calories you're burning and stuff don't get me wrong there's the odd time maybe it's nice to know how many calories you burned in a pilates class or something you're like oh damn i worked hard but on a day-to-day basis i do not need to see that when you see that number as well and you are very conscious of like burning off a certain amount that you have eaten you're just stuck in this trap like this constant cycle of as if you're like in the system that you're giving and taking from constantly but you actually need to remember for a second, your body needs calories to actually just function on a basic level, like without the exercise even being a thing. So stop punishing yourself for eating when you actually need to eat. Like food is fuel. <laughs> you need to eat just to be able to breathe and to be able, like you need calories to be able to sleep. Once you can completely let go of calories and let go of this idea of like eating this amount and burning this amount off and punishing yourself for eating a chocolate bar that was this many calories by burning that exact amount of calories on the treadmill, when you get out of that cycle, it will literally be the most liberating feeling in the entire world because that is a very all-consuming cycle to be in. It takes over your whole brain and it takes up so much energy in your brain. And the only way you can break free from that is honestly by not seeing that n- those numbers anywhere. So get rid of the watch. Maybe, I don't know, if you're using it for tracking your running, you can do that. But like, stop wearing it every day. Stop tracking your calories on an app. Stop looking at the calories in the back of foods. Make healthier choices if you need to, but stop basing it on the number of calories. Okay, tip number three is to stop perceiving foods as bad and good. Like, stop placing them in these bad and good brackets. Yes, obviously, there are some foods that are more healthy than others. That's just a fact. Like, that's completely undeniable. But when we label things as bad, that's when we then have guilt around eating these so-called bad foods. And when we feel guilt or shame around eating particular foods is when you then punish yourself for that. That's when you then act on it. And yes, I understand it wouldn't be great to live a life where you're always just eating the so-called bad foods or the unhealthy foods. But I just think it's all about balance. And as long as you are getting the healthy foods in, there's no reason why you should have any guilt or shame towards the more unhealthy foods. Like I cook a lot of healthy meals. I am really into my cooking. I'm obviously vegan, so I cook a lot of whole foods, dishes. But does that mean I don't eat a Chinese on a Sunday or get a booze midweek? And when I do that, do I feel guilty about it? Absolutely not. I just think if you get a craving for something and then you satisfy the craving, what is there to feel guilty about? Especially if you've been like getting the nutrients in in your other meals. Do you know what I mean? I would say this is probably one of the harder tips to accomplish. I think this one takes the longest time because a lot of the time it's really ingrained us guilt around certain foods. Like it can literally be from when we're kids from parents and grandparents talking badly of particular food groups or particular um types of foods. So removing that guilt or shame around eating those foods can be a bit of a lengthy process. And it does take work, you know, it doesn't happen without you thinking about it. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen just because you decided you wanted it to happen. It happens over time and it happens because you've decided you don't want to feel like that anymore and you don't want to spend the next week of your life thinking about the fact that you ate a Chinese at the weekend because who wants to live a life like that constantly punishing themselves for something that is so normal okay tip number four I guess this one kind of leads on from the whole food is fuel thing and that is to try to switch your mindset to see food as this like beautiful, amazing thing that feeds your body, nourishes your body, feeds your mind. It's full of vitamins. It's full of minerals. It's treating your body. It's treating your gut. It's helping all of your organs function. It's helping you to be able to be the person you are and have the relationships you do with the people that you love. Like, it's the fuel you need that enables you to live the life that you do. And I just think that is such a beautiful thing. And I think to look at it, like, instead of thinking of eating as a chore, like, I know people that just aren't really interested in food and they just eat because they have to and they just eat because they know that they need to get calories into them and I just think that is such a sad existence like food brings me so much joy and it's such a social thing and it's such a like food is my love language I love cooking for people. I love people cooking for me. I love going out for food together. I love the whole experience that every meal brings. And if you can switch your mindset to see food as this beautiful, amazing, enabling thing, I think it will help a lot in your journey to developing a better relationship with it. Okay, tip number five is Two, right, I get that not everyone is obsessed with cooking. I get that not everyone likes spending hours in the kitchen and you don't have to. However, I think if you can start to think a little bit of cooking as not being such a chore, but try to enjoy it on some level. I'm not asking you to spend two hours cooking every single night of the week, but maybe spend an hour or two on a Monday night or a Sunday night cooking like batch cooking your meals for the week. When you can bring that kind of like fun and enjoyment into cooking and you get into like the ingredients that you're putting into your body and you create something that you're proud of and that you've put time and effort into that you then want to eat. I think it makes it a lot more enticing and it makes it a full experience from start to finish and I think it's a lot more interesting than just picking a microwave meal up from the supermarket and that's not to say that there aren't going to be times in your life where you do just have to grab something for convenience uh, when you're in a rush and when you're really busy but I think if you can like create this nice enjoyable hobby out of cooking slash experience with your food you'll eat it with pride you'll not question what's in it and how much oil they used in this or that and how much how many calories in this and that, you won't care because you created a delicious meal that you love and that you want to eat. Tip number six is if you find that you think too much about the food when you're eating it. You could put on a mukbang. Like, if you're someone who would often eat on your own and you find you just are pushing it around the plate too much and thinking too much about what's in it and just really deeping it, kind of, put on a mukbang. It's like you're sitting there eating with someone. Or it doesn't even have to be a mukbang, actually. Just, like, put on anything on YouTube or on TV I know they say you shouldn't really do that because you should be like mindfully eating but if you are someone that finds you do just like deep things too much when you're eating it I think that's a good way of like distracting your brain and just zoning out in a way to something else while you're eating but then there's like the opposite side of that and I <laughs> I have a habit of eating really really quickly like I literally inhale my food sometimes I catch myself doing it I'm like oh my god slow down so if you're like that And you want to be more mindful. You literally need to do the opposite of what I just suggested. You need to take away distraction. You need to be more mindful about how fast you're eating. Set down your fork. This is what they always tell you. Set down your fork. Finish what you have in your mouth. Take a sip of water and then go in for another spoonful. My brain does not know how to do that. (laughs) I'm already thinking about the third bite before I've even finished the first one. I think I'm just so obsessed with food. Like I'm just, I'm such a foodie. I can't help myself. See those people, right? I It baffles me that there's people in this world that don't. So I am very much one of those people, right, that literally the second I finish one meal, I'm thinking about what the next meal is. The second I put my plate in the dishwasher for breakfast, I'm thinking, hmm, what am I having for lunch today? And I'm starting to get excited about my lunch, even though I'm literally not hungry whatsoever. I'm still processing it in my brain. And it baffles me that there's people that actually do not think like that at all. <laughs> All right, my next tip is to take the word diet out of your vocabulary. What I mean by that, because obviously you can use diet in a not unhealthy way, like technically everyone has a diet, you know, your diet is just what you eat on a day-to-day basis. I eat a vegan diet. But what I mean by take the word diet out of your vocabulary is shut the fuck up about I'm going on a diet. Stop doing it to yourself. Stop bringing that word into your brain. The second you bring the word diet into your brain, guess what? Food is all you will think about. I swear to God, when I was in school, every girl, every single week, including myself, would be like, I'm going on a diet this week. Like, it was non-stop. It was ridiculous. And it's just constant yo-yo dieting that involves, like, restricting to the point that then you just end up binging. And it never works. It's never sustainable. It's never good for you as well. Like it's always just like fast tracking things that literally deplete your body of what it needs and then cause you to have so many cravings because you're not getting anything. Like obviously you're going to binge after that. So take the word diet out of your repertoire. If you want to start making healthier choices, start making healthier choices, but you don't need to label it as a diet and you don't need to copy some Victoria's Secret Angels what I eat in a day (laughs) to be able to be healthy and feel good. In fact, it would probably make you feel the complete opposite of good. I just think restricting on any level, whether it's Specific diet, or you're restricting a certain food group, like no carbs, like you're just demonizing food groups and foods. And we're going back to the whole like labeling foods as good and bad, and then feeling guilt for eating certain things. And I just think when you focus too much about what you're restricting, it's all your brain thinks about. Like you decide you're not eating carbs, you will probably be having dreams. about pasta? (laughs) That's how bad it is. And like surprise, surprise, your body actually needs all the different food groups. Cutting out carbs, it doesn't do anything for you. Your body needs carbs. Your body runs off carbs. Obviously that's going to make you feel shit when you don't have the, the energy to run your body if you're not feeding it the carbs that it needs. And then obviously all your body will crave is carbs. So feed your body what it needs and you won't get mad cravings. Like It just all comes back to everything being about balance. I'm really conscious of anything that I'm saying not coming across as like me promoting weight loss in any way. I just think there's ways to go about things. And for me, I really try and focus on how I feel as opposed to anything else. So throw your scales away. You don't need to constantly see that number. You don't need to have to constantly compare that number to like, your 16-year-old self and getting back down to that, it's the most ridiculous idea. Like you're not a child, you're not gonna have the body of a child. You wouldn't see a child on the street or on social media and think, oh, I wish I had their body because they're a fucking child. <laughs> like obviously that's unrealistic. So why would you compare yourself to what you were when you were a child? Do you know what I mean? But yeah, I just think it's so important to listen to your body and go off of how you feel and how food makes you feel, and how different exercises make you feel, and when you focus and like hone in on that, and forget about calories, and forget about numbers on scales, you'll be so in tune with your body, and so in tune with what makes you feel good, and what makes you feel bad, and what makes you bloated, and what makes you feel like you've got brain fog, because you're not so focused on, you're just very solely focused on how you feel. Okay, my final piece of advice is to watch realistic What I Eat In A Days and not just Almond Mum ones. And as I said before, like Victoria's Secret Angels, What I Eat In A Days. Or Jesus, even worse, the Almond Mum of Almond Mums, Gwyneth Paltrow. Do not watch her eating A Days. <laughs> Actually, watch it if you want for a bit of entertainment, but like just know that that is not realistic. But also remember that half the shit you see on the internet isn't even real half the time. Like, yeah, maybe that was what someone ate in one day, but maybe that was their best day of eating and they wouldn't have dared to show you the rest of their week, you know. Or maybe they lied about it in it. Who knows? You actually shouldn't believe everything you see on the internet. But anyway, you should watch more realistic what I eat in days. Watch realistic cooking videos, like not just low calorie everything and low fat this and low sugar that. Like watch legit chefs and how they make food and see how much oil they put in it because that's what you should do and that's how you get food flavour. Oh my God, do you know whose recipes I absolutely love watching? Michael Finch. Do you guys remember Michael Finch back in the YouTube days when it was like him, Shani Grimmond and Lily Brown? I was obsessed with them then and i'm still as obsessed with him now but he's so different now he does like all cooking content and it's wholesome as fuck and he grow he he grows he grows all of his own like herbs and vegetables and he's just so cute i love him all right, that's all the tips I have for you today. You know what? I feel like if I sat down and really thought about this, I could probably think of some more. So maybe I could do a part two of this episode. Let me know if you do want to hear a part two. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope it helped maybe a few people to some capacity. I don't know. <laughs> um, if you did enjoy this week's episode, don't forget to give me a little five star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Share it on your Instagram stories. Spread to hear from the hear for the crack word. As always, thank you all so much for your continued love and Support and your kind messages. They mean the absolute world to me. I love you guys so much, and I will speak to you on next week's episode. Bye!